You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's up, y'all? We're back for another episode of Politicking. I'm excited because this is the anniversary show. Congratulations. (laughs) I know, man. Two years has been flying. It's it's crazy how fast time flies when you're having fun, huh? Um, So I got some returning guests from my first episode joining me today. So that's even more exciting. So I'm just going to quickly go around the table and say who's joining me today. I have my home girl, sis, volleyball sister in life, Jack at the table. What's going on? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, people don't know that Jackie be in these streets doing her thing, okay? I'm telling you, real plug. You want to know where a plug is? I appreciate that. Got my youngin at the table, Miss Dana. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Dana actually joined us on the first episode. She was the first youth spotlight to hit the politicking stage, and I'm so glad to have her back to see how far she's come. She was taking a gap year back then. I want to know all about what's been going on in between time. I also have um, a new friend in life, (laughs) Renee, who actually... um, has been a great supporter of politicking and she really makes me excited because it's you know it's one thing to have people in your corner that you know you already know you grew up around but to have somebody who you may not know reach out and tell you how well you're doing and telling you about how they want to be involved and I'm like I got to get girls to the table yes, okay new friend. yes so, new hello. friends <laughs> new friends so glad to have you joining the politicking table Renee and last but not least, my cousin, always, always supported. We had one show, Technical Difficulties, but you back yeah. <laughs> in action. Yeah, Omar, good. good to see you per usual, man. Appreciate it. And so today, I mean, it's the anniversary show. And I say that to say that we're trying to see how far we come. When I first shot Politic in July... Uh, 2017 we talked a lot about the state of Detroit not even realizing how far like we would get to at this point right I mean like since 2017 it was stuff going on then don't get me wrong but now we're at a space where we really see a booming and popping in the city and I just kind of want to reflect because one it is the anniversary and I'm going to be off y'all know next weekend my birthday you know But yes, and I'm going to be off. And so I wanted to use this weekend to really highlight how far we've come. And I kind of just want to get y'all opinions on the state of Detroit, good or bad. How y'all feeling right now? I'll kick it off. Um, I believe the first episode I said we had work to do. Yeah. Um, That was my sentiments, actually. Uh, But I I, I share something different now because I see the change. I'm, I'm in the city. I see what's going on. And I think... It's a good change. I think it's it's been a good improvement because um, overall, what's been taking place has been like a shift in mindset, mm-hmm. and a shift in consciousness, and like the overall uh, collective um, thinking patterns of our citizens of Detroit has changed. Yeah, and like we can see that. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, we see it. We you know the people we talk to, we could just tell they're different. Um, and so I think that's good because everything starts from the mindset first. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's been the biggest thing for me because last time I said we need to work to do because the platform that you created it was such a small uh, group of people who's thinking like that now we have more people talking about uh, the same thing so I was like I, I think it's I think we're in a better light we still got work to do but it's been it's been an improvement so. it's better than what we thought yeah, it yeah, was sure. right yeah, yeah. right and I want to revisit this question yeah. but I kind of want to get get on everybody how y'all feeling state of Detroit good or bad um well this is a hard question for me Kim because um, we often talk about a tale of two cities a tale of two Detroit's Mm -hmm. so on one end you know you see good you know down in Midtown but you know in other neighborhoods and other places there hasn't been this 
revitalization that we keep hearing in this conversation. And so it's a little bittersweet for me because I live near Six Mile McNichol and, you know, there's so much expansion going on. And, you know, I'm starting to see like the businesses prosper. And I just I don't know, I'm the type that always worry about the ones that are the ones that are underserved. And so I just want this revitalization to boom out to all 139 square miles of this beautiful city because, you know, it's kind of some of us feel kind of bittersweet. You know, we mm-hmm. see the boom and then some of us are like nothing's happening. You know, it, this isn't the Detroit for us. They feel left out. So it's kind of a, you know, touchy subject. So, you know, uh, uh, you say want to say yes and then you want to say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um I agree. I think what both of you said, like it's a bittersweet t- thing, and um I think a lot of times a lot of people just see improvement when they see white people, mm-hmm. and it's like yes. um so I think different. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yes, that's, <laughs> the bell is on the table for things that we agree with and things should be highlighted. <laughs> okay, um and so and I also think like the way the city looks matters a lot. So if things are cleaned up and if things look nice like th- this building looks nice and so like oh this is good this is good you know and I think um you know people can be so visual in that way and also ignore it can, a lot of things could just be a lipstick on a pig mm-hmm. and like not be so I and I also feel like there I've met white people who are doing amazing things in the city then I like meet a black person who's been doing that for like 20 years yeah and I'm just like <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I don't know yes. Like, like, like I said, there's, like, a lot of times it takes a white person to do that. But I think that, I mean, that's just the way we are right now. And hopefully, like, my kids won't have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the white people should approach it like, okay, I'm coming, in, I'm coming into your space. And if, you, if I'm trying to do the same work you've been doing for 20 years, I should talk to you. And I should help you get through this door. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I can get through doors that you can't. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like once we start seeing that, then it can be oh. uh, a little bit more healthy. But, um... Also, just being in our being in Arbor for like the past year, I don't. I'm not home as much, but um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. Like to go back and like come for concerts and bring my friends who are from New York, and like I think also when you're from Detroit, you just have to defend yourself a lot. Like yeah. as far as it's like defending inferiority mm-hmm. or like defending mm-hmm. poverty. Um, but like one of my friends was from New York, and he was just like, "Oh, Detroit's booming right now," and I've never seen it this way. And I was just like, "Hmm." Mm-hmm. It was like I didn't say nothing back. I was just like, hmm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's something to think. About. It's interesting to see how other people see the city. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want us to get off the topic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, not yeah. So I'm not gonna be long because you guys pretty much <laughs> hit on every single thing. Um, but working in like policy and government, um, seeing the way that Detroit is functioning right now. I don't feel like we as one millennials and two African-Americans are being included in conversations. Um, and that is one of my goals while I'm working in that realm is to try and bring us into the spaces because we have a vision and we know what we want to see. And so, like, I just want us to be a part of the conversation. And I think that's where a lot of the things that are happening in Midtown, in the Cork Town, all that stuff like that, we're being excluded and so it's not going to branch out into the other neighborhoods for that reason because we're not being included. They only want to clean up where they're gonna where they're right. going to be. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think, like I said, us being in one elected positions or even if not being in elected positions, going to those meetings and writing the, writing your suggestions down. We do take those. We do read them. They do get considered. Um, so all that stuff makes a huge difference. And so. As we continue to grow, and as Omar said, we have work to do. We need to be a part of the work. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, 
<laughs> it's not often I give my feedback on the show, but for the anniversary <laughs> show, I feel you know Talking. I have to like say something. Mm-hmm. I think the city is going down a decent direction. I kind of feel where you're coming from, Nodana, around this idea because I mean I work in a nonprofit sector, so I see the dollars that get transit through this city, like. We ain't broke. I don't care what nobody said, Detroit. Detroit not broke. And money fake now anyway. So what is the dollar to, <laughs> right, you know, right. fund certain things um, that matter? But I do see a disconnect in the people with the monetary um, goods, you know, like being able to have that financial capability to make things happen. Yeah. Right. And that's what we kind of lack, you know, on the, on the black side. I feel like for a long time we didn't have the capital or the assets or access to make things happen. But now it's so readily available Why aren't we being included? You know, and I think sometimes, just to play devil's advocate, sometimes we have to be proactive. I think a lot of times we sit back and we wait thinking somebody's going to come knock on our door. And that's just not the way it's going to happen, right? And so I find myself, you know, stepping out there and trying to do stuff. Let me bring this project to my community. Let me, you know, connect with some people to see if I can revitalize some stuff going on. And I think that not only do do the people coming into the city need to be more neighbor-like, because you are coming into someone else's environment. And then, granted, there are some white folks that just feel comfortable now. You know, they've been in the city. They just haven't felt comfortable in the city because they people left. But now with everybody moving back in and, and Detroit being on that boom and not only us seeing it, but people outside of the city seeing it, like, we got to step it up, too. So a lot of times, like you were saying, you know, we didn't see it back then. We didn't know what was going on. Like. Mm-hmm. It's some black folks doing some work in the city. I'm going to yes. just throw that out mm-hmm. there. And they're doing it well in certain neighborhoods. But they're not the ones on on, on the on news. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what's being highlighted. But when we know, we need to uplift that. And then we need to take those models to our own communities. Because I'm right on Six Mile, too, okay? And I'm over there right now trying to shuck a job. Like, I'm about to bring this revitalization over here. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm kind of in that gray area. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's more positive than yeah. not. I just think that it needs to trickle down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I we go to something real yeah, quick, I, I just want to say something. Like, um, like Kenya and I had a conversation um, like years ago. It was in the back porch of um, when I stayed um, in Oak Park. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation. We were talking about um, just the overall state of, of our people and the awakening. Because it was like, what's, what's it going to take? Yeah. I was like, don't worry, because it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right, right? Yeah, because and, I always and, know how they motivate. <laughs> yeah. and, and then so like so like years pass, and we see that, you know. And again, like it starts with the mindset. Um, and like we have to just stop waiting on help. Yeah, That's what it is for, for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm 34 years old, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I, I see the new Detroit, but I've always been here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I graduated and came back. So I've, I've seen the, the dichotomy. I've seen the transitions. I've, I've seen all of that. But we got to stop waiting on help. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go through the city and you see all that land and all the opportunity it's just sitting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, what you waiting oh, on? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, like you know, but it takes the mindset to see, like, that's an asset, though. Yeah. You got to, it takes the mindset to see, like, damn, we got to do something with that. Yeah. You know? I think it's been there for years. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I think. Uh, and that that's a positive it's just the mindset shift of, of, of the overall city has changed and that's the the starting element to, to real change that's what I feel like I think access and education is also mm-hmm. a reason why we're not seeing us like attack those things mm-hmm. and you know what that access to capital yeah. means mm-hmm. uh, so like for me I try to spread what I can to people mm-hmm. that I know like hey I 
like Kenya, for example, I know you have a nonprofit. Like, here are some events that you can go to where they're giving away money mm-hmm. and people have no idea or yeah. don't even have access mm-hmm. to the information. And so it starts with that I need one to be person. In that group mm-hmm. Yes, give me your email after yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I just want that to always be the thing. Like, we have to constantly be educating each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we know this is what we want to do, but a lot of people don't know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, having people in your corner that's like, oh, yeah, we'll go down to the Detroit Land Bank and they can do this, yeah. or go down to the city mm-hmm. and talk to go to this agency and they can do this go to you know what I mean go to your congressperson they can do this mm-hmm. there's so many avenues yeah. that we don't know because like you said we're just waiting on somebody to come to our door and say here's ten thousand dollars you know let's revitalize the neighborhood yeah. and mm-hmm. it's never going to be that way mm-hmm. be, for us specifically we have to go out and find it and we have to work to get what it is that we want and nothing is ever going to be given to us and that education piece is so important and yeah. I didn't realize it until I got yeah. into this mm-hmm. realm of work that's usually when you get it you be yeah. sitting at the it's table like, like all this money three million yeah. yes. and I'm all right, for right. helping like anybody that I can <laughs> in any capacity like I want everybody to win and right. I think okay. there's like um um, I think there is this kind of idea that we're crabs in a barrel, especially black yes. young millennials that we don't want to work together. And that could be so far from the truth. There's so many like resources that we're doing. Like, look what Ken does. Look what you do. Connecting policy and grassroots organizing. And so let's. My, I work a lot in transit organizing, and a lot of these resources we have, we can't get to. Right? Mobility is a key. You know, a key access point to us getting this information out there a lot of people want to know the information and i think you know people say oh you know black people they young millennials they don't want to know they do want to know it's out there but it's just about connecting those dots yes where can we go and first off how we're going to get there and then there's this kind of smoke and mirrors thing that happens with like you know, and I hate to say Midtown versus everybody, but that's what it kind of <laughs> turns up into the media, right? Yeah. You know, um, for instance, you know, in working in transit, like I catch the bus, I don't have a car, but let you tell her the Q line saved us all, like Shinola. <laughs> and it's like, it's so far from the truth, you yeah. know? And so I'm all about creating like sustainable communities. And so, like I said, there's so much, th- we have access to land, food. Water, you know, we want to build community gardens, get, you know, vacant lots by, you know, working together. And like you say, we have to find the gatekeepers, the people that have that access to that information. And I, oh, go ahead, Dana. Um, I was just talking about this when someone asked me, did I feel prepared at Michigan? And I was like, um, and I was just like in class and I was realizing like my education really like failed me. And it was just because it was a, um, like having a poverty mindset and not being able to know that, oh, I can get this information and I can get this and I can get that. Like, um, I don't know, like when, when you were just talking about and when you were talking about like just other people telling me like, oh, you can get money for that and you should not be paying anything and you should do this, you should do that. And I think sometimes it's like you ignore it and the people are like, oh, well, you got a 3-6 your first semester, you good. And I was like, no, I, I didn't even know I needed to do this. I didn't even know I needed to do that. You know, and it's like, learning and knowing like now in that space like I got connected to one of the like a really good professor at school and like we just talk she's not even my professor and we just talk I just go to her office hours and she was like oh don't you need an internship you should do the scholarship that pays for you to have an apartment with this internship you know and I was just like whoa I didn't even know that that was even an option but they easily can give me five thousand dollars for a summer Mm -hmm. you know and I just but I wouldn't even thought of that I would have naturally and I think 
there's there's like some good to it too because like having this poverty mindset is like there's a natural hustle like if you want it because I was just like I was just gonna hustle and try to find out some way to do some gun fummies like you know get away yeah. sell you know yeah. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna do something else but now all I gotta do is write a paper yeah a bit you know right. what I mean yeah. so like it's just that education of knowing like this is how it is and it's like even it's not even just what we're learning in school it's just like how how are we learning it and where are we learning it because like those were like subliminal messages I feel like I was getting fed and just now going to Michigan and like they got Porsches and Maseratis just to have them you know what I mean like and it's just it's ridiculous (laughs) and so and it's so crazy because almost every episode of politic and we the word access comes up Mm -hmm. access and education Mm -hmm. for me though just always playing devil's advocate why is it so hard to access a lot of things? They like, you got to go through 30 hoops mm-hmm. to even get to the point where you even know that this exists. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go through another few hoops to get it, to mm-hmm. actually have it tangible. And so for me, it's like, we got to make this easier for people. And I mean, when we talk about, because even in the new conversation, like everybody like, all right, let's get off race. Let's get off race in the city and start talking about equity. Which I'm technically for, because mm-hmm. I get it. All right, everybody's scared of the, you know, we don't want to be black and white no mm-hmm. more. We want to we wanna talk about something that matters. But even with equity, we talk about access. But when you talk about access, we have to create the ability for people to make it accessible. And some stuff that people think is considered accessible, like, for instance, they like, oh, well, we putting everything into these apps and we doing everything with computerized, mm-hmm. but we're not even realizing that the Detroit is a digital divide. Yeah. Depending on where you at in the city, you may not even have access to, internet. To, to internet or anything that's going to get you to the point that you can actually access right. these things. Mm-hmm. So it's just for me, it's rethinking what access looks like mm-hmm. for people because a lot of times when we use these terms and words, we only looking at one group. Yeah. We're not really looking at the broad picture of the, of the people who might not fall into those those groups of people that we're thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, even outside of the millennials or even thinking outside of, you know, people who are in certain neighborhoods or whatever. But there is a whole group of people that are often left out of the conversation not just because that they don't want to be involved but it's literally because nobody is finding innovative ways to tap into those groups and I think that that's another conversation that needs to be had and so just shifting gears a little bit what is Detroit doing well right now are there highlights like are there things that you could be like you know what the city is on point with this right now I think branding. Mm -hmm. I'll say brand. Mm -hmm. Um, The city of Detroit has for a very long time been known as a poverty-stricken, crime-ridden city. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I would would like to congratulate and acknowledge Mayor Duggan for taking that away or making an effort to Mm -hmm. take that away. So every single thing that he's doing is always highlighting something big and better that's taking over something or an area that may have been poverty stricken or may have been crime ridden like all of these things he's taking it and trying to push something positive so for example Little Caesars Arena everybody wanted the Pistons back downtown Dan Gilbert Mike Duggan, they all made that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Illiches, they all made it happen. Well, right? I, I don't, I don't know. I hear you, but there's some deadlines. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah, no, no. Now there are some negatives. There's, okay, no, there there's, there's definitely I mean, negatives. But I'm just, we're talking I'm about just to wake up a little bit. Ooh, when it, but but ooh. I see what you, I see. Like, what you're but saying. if we're just talking about positive image, I mm-hmm. think that the mayor has doing nothing but projecting more new growth, and I think that is something that they're the city is doing very well. Is just bringing together new and yeah. like mm-hmm. 
projecting that into the media so that people are not like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to Detroit or I'm scared. Like you said, people from school, like, I don't know if I want to go. I might get shot. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like, grow up. No, I want to piggyback off that. I I, I agree with you, actually, um, in terms of the brand of Detroit, because I mean, like, I'm always thinking in terms of business. That's how my mind goes. So, like, as far as from a business aspect, Detroit is like competing, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying, as a destination. Like, Downtown is becoming a, a hot spot for interaction and and and, and new restaurants. It's, it's becoming more of an attractive city, right. which I which I can appreciate because at one point downtown was a ghost town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not to get into the politics of that, but um, it, it we are competing as far as okay, let's check out Detroit. Detroit doing some interesting things. Let's go check it out. Like even you know even just seeing people ride around in birds on, on birds and lime scooters. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I was in Austin, Texas a few months ago. And it, it resembled the same thing. And yeah, Austin right. is a is a is a is known for a startup uh, scene and all, and things like that. So it resembled a thriving American city, which I I can appreciate. You know, I can appreciate um, the efforts to like remove the stigma from the city. You know, granted we got work work to do, but from a, a person who's born and raised in Detroit, I like to see that. Mm-hmm. I love to see the that H and M coming downtown. <laughs> granted, I know I know how people feel about H and M. But every major city has one, right? Mm-hmm. So right. we look like one. It's like so, I, I, I just, I just, I can appreciate our city looking like it has value. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Regardless of the bottom line and the, and the money play that goes behind that, it, it looks good. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and I can appreciate that. I, I'm a person who yeah. who, who cares yeah. about marketing, so right. it looks good. Yeah. You know, but we got work to do. But I just like our city to seem like we're contemporary. We're now, we're now like an old city that's. That's been abandoned and, and we playing catch up. Like no, like mm-hmm. we competing. Like we look like we belong. You know, mm-hmm. so I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the money that's coming here because the money that comes here will inevitably will inevitably um, be opportunity for people to tap into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. At, at, you know, down the line. So. And I'm really happy because, like you say, people are excited about Detroit. And I want us to know, it's kind of, again, I'm always playing devil's advocate like him. (laughs) Detroit is really a Wakanda right now. Oh, man. I mean, people don't realize that (laughs) we have so much land that, and I live in a hood, that so many people from different cultures, from different countries are coming over here. And they're like, they they want the land. We have so much space compared to other cities, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And then we there's urban agriculture, right? Yes. Like this and urban farming. No idea. No idea. No you idea. know, we complain, oh, there's only McDonald's is on the corner. But no, people are getting their, you know, vegetables. They are farming. They're, you know, creating viable communities in their backyard. And so people are looking to us, you know, to see, okay, what is Detroit doing? And, you know, we're talking about what we are doing good. I look at Detroit hives and they're, you know, bee, you know, preserving the bees and things like that, things that I would have never thought of as a child, you know, look what we have so much ac- access to, you know, if we create our own communities that are vibrant and, yeah. you know, that sustains us. And like I said, I'm in mobility, I'm a Mogo bike share ambassador. And so, you know, my grandma gets scared. She's like, oh, those bikes, these e-bikes, they're coming to the hood. I'm like, yeah, grandma, they, they're coming to Livernoy. And I, we often talk about gentrification, but I want us to kind of, yes, they're, you know, 
we want development and we know when black and brown communities are displaced that's problematic but you deserve to I deserve to walk outside my house go to Detroit Sips go to a coffee shop hop on that bike if I you know don't have a car or don't want to use my car we deserve nice things and so I think you know when we talk about neighborhoods that are getting excited they're going to feel <laughs> you know as valuable they're going to get that equity, equitable you know and they're going to get that access that we want yeah. them to have they deserve, mm-hmm. they deserve nice things I like, mm-hmm. I like yeah. that too yeah. I think a lot of times like people we gloss over the fact that even though gentrification is a real thing there are certain things that you want out of that yeah. yes. it's just about who's gentrifying and mm-hmm. I keep trying to change that mindset like I remember one day and I think I brought this up on another show because I was so blown back that these older women black you were women on Facebook I didn't mean to I never and I never post on Facebook <laughs> for these reasons but I happened somebody had asked about how we felt about the gentrification and for the first time I'm like alright can you just you know tell your opinion I'm like you know I'm not really anti it I was like, mm-hmm. I just honestly have an opinion about it's a difference when you're the one being the gentrifier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I was to come in my neighborhood and started to develop, because I am considered a community developer, my neighborhood wouldn't be gentrified in the way that it's being gentrified here in Midtown. Right. I know that for a fact. Because when you go into a mindset based on your own experience and you have some heart or attachment to a community, you're going to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, most of the people who are gentrifying have nothing connected to the people in which they are gentrifying those neighborhoods. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, I want my neighborhood to look like Midtown yes. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. want I want a queue line on Six Mile in Southfield <laughs> that can I can hop down. off and get mm-hmm. off at Teresa's, <laughs> go in, give me some chicken, hop yes. back on, go up to yeah. Livernois to the new club. That's mm-hmm. like I want that too. Mm-hmm. But what does that look like, right? And so I totally agree. I think we have to get out of the mindset that sometimes it's just language, mm-hmm. and sometimes we have to challenge the language and start being the ones that are in control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, that was good. I think um, some things that Detroit is doing well is like. Uh, reusing things yep. like even just this building like Detroit Sipping Company my mom told me what exactly it does <laughs> and I was like that's dope yeah. like even I've been in some buildings that are closer to downtown and midtown too that are like oh this is all made out of this mm-hmm. you know this is all I think that's a really good thing and um, and I think like with branding but I think it's also just creating its own its own brand and I have hope that in this space that all these different people are coming yeah. that we'll be we'll be okay and yeah. we'll be able to like combine and do things I remember during um, Black Restaurant Week um, I was at River Bristro on Grand River and this Asian couple walked in and I was like what they doing here and then I heard them talking and they just bought a house in um, Rosedale and I was just like oh okay you know and it was like a it made me feel good on the inside Rosedale is really nice but, but you know it's like I live over there but it's still um, that made me feel good too so I think it's a it's a really it's a good space to have um, where like different ethnicities can be represented it, also with population and also with power mm. um, so yeah I, I feel like there's a potential for that space like what was created in like all the the economy and like the way everything looks Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that she's here. Uh, you know, I, I don't find a lot of Wolverines that I like, but go green, go white. Hello. Uh, but I think it's so important to have a young person here who is like, I know we're all pretty young, but like I said, I graduated 10 years ago. I came back to 
my home city and I just like the blight just got depressing and I wasn't being active in the community and here you are and that's what we are doing right like we have young people Mm -hmm. who aren't scared to go knock on a door you know they are they're smarter they're hipper they know how to you know use their connections so I think it's so important to have so many different voices you know in Detroit and where we used to like shun away you know all the old people or the young people and vice versa and now there's a mixture of every intergenerational voices being heard yeah. so mm-hmm. and it's crazy because the next question i got for y'all are where are the direct challenges in the city and how we're facing them and that's that's mine like i feel like we're doing that right because we have young people that are stepping up and being able to voice their opinion and having strong you know beliefs and values that they can stand on I, w- I remember when I was helping out some students with uh, Grow Detroit's Young Talent. And so I got to interact with them a lot. But it was just a simple fact. One of the students, I'm like, what y'all want to do? He talking about buying land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he talking about farming. You know, like the fact that they're even thinking like that. Because I wasn't thinking like that in high school. Yeah, I started probably thinking like that as I got older. And I started to realize, like, you know, this is a need. I need to be able to feed myself. <laughs> but thinking about that in high school, you know what I'm saying? And I want to kind of pick y'all brains around, you know, the challenges But this space of education, I really believe that it's a challenge, but it's also a space for opportunity in the education system. When we're thinking about public schooling, you know, we do got a lot of charter schools, so I'll be having to play the fence a little bit. Mm -hmm. But really getting these young folks to think differently and encouraging them to be their own, you know, their own providers like actually being able to be at the table to say I got the power to do what I want to do but also making it where the work that they're doing makes them want to be in this city because I know for a lot of us the first thing we wanted to do when we graduated was leave Leave. I'm out but now I'm finding that the more these young people feel encouraged yeah they might want to leave but they really want to be have a stake in the city because they see it coming back now but I want them to believe that they can do more than just be a user mm. of the things coming into the city. You can be an owner in this or city. <laughs> you you can be a creator in this city mm. now. It's so easy <laughs> to do so um, because I see the young white kids doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the young white millennials are owning things, yes. and I'm just like, mm-hmm. where is our building? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. for y'all, where do y'all think the direct challenges are that we're facing right now in the city? And if you got something quick that you think we can overcome it, share. I think just to piggyback with that, like I um. I had I had this professor who I'm really close to at school, and he um I would just go to his office hours just because, and he would be like, because uh, he would say nobody comes only only the people come during papers, and so I would come when we didn't have a paper, <laughs> and so he um and he was just talking to him, and I told him like out of everybody I grew up with, I'm the only one in college, and he was like, wow, I'm so proud of you, and this this this, but like talking to my friends now, and it's like they're not bad. You know what I mean? They're doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, and it's not necessarily like a bad path, but I think that's like, it's not, it's not good. You know, like I always, every time I come home, it's like, oh my God, here we go. Cause I know everybody about to be on me. And like, oh, how's Michigan? How's this? I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, I, I recognize that. And I, I thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. But like, go ask, what's the name? How they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and go ask and how they just graduated from that program at cosmetology school. You know, like, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. go talk about that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like, that's not, that's not valued. You know what I mean? Like we always talk about, we need trades, we need trades and this, but when they get, they graduate from trade school, nobody's like happy. But when we, I get a full yeah. ride at a university, it's mm-hmm. like, it's a good thing. It's just also a good thing. But like, some people, that's not for everybody, yes. you know? And I think, uh, 
like that's always preached but it's never executed you know it's mm-hmm. always it always comes to the mouth but it's never with the full body you know what yeah. I mean like it's always like they it's not consistent and I yeah. think um and also like it's, it's had me to be like the way that I think about myself has changed just the way that people view me because I'm from Detroit and I I got this and I got that and I did this and I did that and I think that that complex and like survivor's guilt kind yeah. of thing yeah. that yeah. complex is really interesting and like yeah. Even just how you interact with people, like, do I even want to change? Do I want to come back and have to deal with like Everything different people? Yeah, different, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, leave me alone. Uh-huh. I'm just here. I'm chilling. <laughs> you know, like I'm struggling. Like I'm a 19 year old struggling, and that's that's how it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like, it's not it's not the same when it comes to my peers, and it, it like disgusts me. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really like it's really annoying. Can I piggyback off that actually? Um, so again, working in policy. My boss has talked a lot about skilled trades. And I know for me, I was one of those people who was like, who would want to be a plumber or an electrician? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm supposed to go to school. Moral of the story, four years, I'm supposed to go to school, get an education, and have access that way. Um, But going to different events and seeing people and hearing that there are electricians and um, welders who are making well over six figures. And people Mm -hmm. have no idea that they have access to free training. Because they like, need that now. They sent yeah. three of us into school. Yeah. <laughs> free, like, free training. And then people will say, like, oh, there are no jobs in the city. Yeah. And that's always the thing. Like, oh, we don't have any jobs here. But there are potential jobs that are being sent away because there are no people here who access or who are capable of the skills that are required in order for the jobs to be had. Yes. Like, that's and that's just it. That's just yeah. it. Like yeah. that, they're not telling us like, hey, we need welders. But also, by the way, here's a free class where you can get trained um, right. and also receive money while you're in training. And then once you get out of training, we're going to make sure we place you with the job yeah. uh, like but who knows that yeah. nobody and so that we will always continue to be behind mm-hmm. until we are told and find or go and seek out this access that we keep talking about it's right. there mm-hmm. and people want a job and i'm tired i don't have no money i need a job yeah. i need a job it's no mm-hmm. jobs here there are plenty um but like you said there's that like self-doubt of I don't want my friends to look at me differently because I didn't go to Michigan I didn't go to Michigan State Mm -hmm. I don't have a four-year degree I'm just a welder okay but you're a welder who's about to be up on a a line somewhere (laughs) making $250,000 and no student loan (laughs) debt that your friends with four-year degrees have because I know me personally I have both an undergraduate and a master's degree, yes. and ninety thousand dollars in student yeah, oh, loans. I think I could tap you. And <laughs> it's, it's like, why, why, yes. when I can go somewhere, especially if I'm a person where school was not for me anyway, mm-hmm. and there are so many other ways for people to be successful, and it does not have to equate with a degree. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think also like in order to build like a strong economic black community, like if you go a Jewish homeowner, homeowner is going to go to a Jewish plumber, even if it's a Jewish, mm-hmm. if it's a white plumber on the street, you know, they're going to call somebody that they know, and so how are we going to have any black plumbers for our black homeowners if we don't have any black plumbers mm-hmm. you know and it's like that people are like that's junk you're going to do that you're going to do that because it's like it's so there's so much pressure on the black community to do things you know like to you got to get the scholarship you got to you got to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps and not just like we haven't been able to exist you know like just be just exist yes. and just and that's something i'm learning with myself like okay I know that I've always just been this person that does this and strive for this. But, like, last last school year, I didn't do anything. I didn't do no advocacy. I said, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be an 18-year-old, 19-year-old in college. And that's just what I am. And I'm yeah. not – I have to remind myself sometimes that I – 
am a 19 year old in college versus I'm a black girl at this white school yes. you know mm-hmm. because it's like I don't have the obligation to talk to you and then sometimes in class mm-hmm. if they're talking about something I'm like I gotta go bye I can't not today I'm not educating y'all today I don't feel like it and, you're not and like I'm not right me. and that's just and but you know that's white true. people told me that yes. white and, people told me that you know and that's just like being able to be like that's that communication I was talking about like white people being like hey you're here you're about to go to mission you're about to do this let me talk to you you know yeah. and that having those resources and those conversations like cross conversations I mean and like that's that's so important what about y'all? Where y'all think so, the challenges exist? I mean, like, I can go down a rabbit hole. It, uh, we ain't got no know, rabbit hole time. We don't. So, so, so like, I, I want to I go a little left with the challenge. I feel like um, one of the challenges. Oh, one of the challenges that we fa- that we are facing is um, not having um, certain allies to go back to the community and tell what's going on in the midtowns and the downtowns mm-hmm. and, like, be able to, like, relay that message. Or, mm-hmm. um, for example, we had Startup Week here uh, was two, three weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, I was a part of that. I did the design and the signage and the branding of that event, which was dope. I, I was glad to get the opportunity. Um, but then I still saw what I felt I was going to see, which was not enough of us there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'm going to just say because, like, the marketing company that, um, that was responsible – um, they wasn't a part of the community. I just believe it like that. So it's like, how do you speak to a community that you're not a part of? You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like a startup week event for people um, that's celebrating entrepreneurship and like providing value and information and resources for people who want to go into entrepreneurship, we all should have been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all got ideas. But like, it felt so like exclusive and like private. If you're not. Work, working for Quicken or you in that area you Wasn't don't know it about it it's free it right free. And, and like and this year they even had a music component where they talked about the music industry and how you can monetize your platform using like crypto and stuff like that like things like we need to hear about right. why didn't we hear about it though mm-hmm. like because they don't know how to tap into that community they don't mm-hmm. know how to speak to us they don't they, don't, they might not even feel like we need to know that type right. of information but I, I yeah. find I find that challenging because we need to hear that information, but because we in a certain area, we get shunned from the info. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the challenge is like, how do all this good shit that's going on mm-hmm. over here convert over there? Mm-hmm. How does it get over there? Mm-hmm. Who's getting it over there? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it takes allies, you know, like a person who was in government, right. a person who's in a venture capital to go back and like, hey, y'all know y'all can, uh, like, all y'all got to do is go fill out the application and they give you free money to do this or right. like we don't have those allies you know what I'm saying like I think that's the challenge I, I think it's the 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 connectivity like mm-hmm. how do you how do you connect to that community you know how does how, Detroit how, connect to West Bloomfield yeah it's like mm-hmm. like how do all this money is getting made over here connect over there like how do you speak to them right. you know what I'm saying like it's a language thing like, how or do even you a right. smaller level like how does the stuff going on in downtown hit my neighborhood Mm-hmm. Over on Six Southfield. How do like, we know? <laughs> Where is the flyer? Are you scared to go? Are you scared to go over there? Where is my text message? Or you don't have anybody who, who who knows corporate and street to yeah. to, right. to convey mm-hmm. that message over there? But like, it's a disconnect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And even like, making a flyer that takes people's attention. You know, like yeah. you can study that. You go to school for four years to study how to do that. Yeah, know? my but thing like, is like this is an 85 percent black city, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Why is that not reflected in like the attendees? Why don't why don't we, well why we don't see that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's a disconnect somewhere, you yeah. know. And I think it just takes some people in certain offices to be able to know how to talk in the boardroom and then go to the to the hood and be like, yo, yeah. this is what mm-hmm. we need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we don't have that. We don't have like 
that liaison. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And Ken, you often talk about accountability and holding our um, elected officials accountable. And it's kind of getting to the point where I'm even thinking about running for, for office because I don't want to be the person that sit back and just complain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but this is why I think going to community Meetings is so important, so crucial. I see, you know, older black women going and they're like, hey, come over here. Let, let me help me. I know you're good with a smartphone. And, you know, they, they're going to one day leave here. So, you know, I know for me, I want to leave the future in a better place, you know, mm-hmm. when I leave. And so I think that we're going to have to go go back grassroots, go knocking on some doors, go, you know, tell our friends we're good now with social media and branding. We need to be letting people know that, yes, it seems boring and like nothing's going to change. I know my aunt's like, when did this bike lane get here? And I'm like, you, if you would have went to one of the community (laughs) meetings, you would have known. And so, so much is happening. And I know people feel like, well, I go to these meetings and I talk to these politicians and it just feels like nothing's getting done. But no, go and talk. You know, yes, it might not get done however they're going to have to hear us out they're going to have to hear what we want to say and things like that i think one thing about about that that people may not know um as far as like how things work is that when we like have these community meetings and town halls and things like that and people voice their like um, concerns and opinions and ask questions like that is the fabric of how our offices function like we can't know as an office that there is an issue if people don't tell us so those meetings are very helpful we as staff are there taking notes obviously the elected official is trying to be you know be engaged but that's our job to take down that question and follow up with that individual and say you know can you tell me a little bit more or what specifically is it that you need because some Sometimes we may not be the office for you, but we can direct you somewhere. And I think that is one of the things that I love about my colleagues and um, my bosses, that even if we cannot directly help in a situation, we're always trying to find out how we can connect. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is what I want to be one of the things that I leave when I if I do ever leave that office or continue to work in politics is just to continue to connect. Um, the city of Detroit has so much potential and the people, the residents of Detroit have so much potential mm-hmm. yeah. and we just have to like you've been saying this entire show connect mm-hmm. like there has to be a level of connectivity and we have to all collectively be on the same page and have the same access otherwise it'll never work mm-hmm. so last two questions y'all I'm thinking about because one of the things Detroit's always getting compared to other big cities in the, in, the, in the country We always getting compared to places like Chicago And we always getting compared to places like Atlanta, you know what I'm saying LA, New York We are a international city yes. Okay Meaning like our borders over here This Detroit River, Belle Isle We're looking at Canada Every time Like, And people don't even realize that Detroit Is about to be an international model I don't think people really understand. Like, when we're looking at this development and how they came into downtown and redeveloped our central business district and how this has trickled out and how now we're even looking at how private and um, public dollars are being used to make things happen. Like, all of these things that are happening, people are watching us every day. And that, and, that, and it's not just cities here because people don't even realize that Detroit is one of the last major cities in the United States to be developed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's intentional. 
right? But we're also one of the most segregated cities yes. in the states. Mm-hmm. That's intentional. Mm-hmm. So when we start thinking about internationally, globally, how do y'all feel like we measuring up? Because y'all already kind of hit on it where we traveling now. We starting to see similarities yeah. like, all right, we got these little transportation models. We out here on our little mm-hmm. scooters yes. now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What do y'all think? I mean, are y'all traveling internationally to even be able to compare or are y'all hearing these in your conversations politically? Like, how do y'all feel like we're measuring up on a global scale? Because people talking about Detroit, not just here. They talking about Detroit everywhere. And, and somebody else talked about it earlier about who buying up this land. It's not even people from here. It be yeah. people from China. Oh, yeah. China. Hey, <laughs> they China, China be buying up. Right so <laughs> globally, yeah. Detroit is something to talk about. I just want to get real quick, like. A little I, feel on I how. got one thing I'm gonna just say Amazon mm. So oh, yeah. we I will say We're not Measuring up For that very reason There is no reason That Detroit Was not One of the final Two or three cities To get that bid For Amazon mm-hmm. And Hearing some of the reasons Why Being it the lack of Public transportation yes. The lack of education Um and this is all for the employees. So mm-hmm. they didn't feel like they could send their kids to a good school. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to have the headquarters here. They didn't feel like they could walk or just take the bus or subway or whatever to mm-hmm. get to work. The parking downtown sucks. Mm-hmm. Like everything mm-hmm. downtown with having to do with transportation is not conducive for certain type of businesses. And so the fact that we didn't get the Amazon bid shows me that we're not measuring up mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily a bad thing but it just shows us again like Omar said we just have work to do there, it's, it's possible mm-hmm. but there are that Amazon bid showed us where we have to grow mm-hmm. and what we need to do in order to level up to be a, a major international city a functioning international mm-hmm. city I, I haven't traveled out, out, out the country in a minute um, and so I, I still stand on we do have work to do. But I, I am excited for, like, the tech scene, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's international in the fact that technology is global. But yeah. um, Detroit is on the verge of becoming a startup city. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you know, we got Silicon Valley and we got Austin, Texas that's doing this thing. But Detroit is moving into that direction. Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of the innovations that's going on here will propel us into a city that's, like, known for our innovations. Like, we like. Even what we did with the music scene back in the day, Motown, and what we did with the automotive industry, like, we've always been known for innovation in certain industries, right? Mm-hmm. So we headed towards the this new um, digital revolution. I think Detroit will be a factor in that. It just, uh, like my boy Drew said the other day, like, Detroit still got work to do. Like, we're still in the early adoption days of a lot of different um, things. Mm-hmm. So um, we just got to keep an eye on it but uh, as far as technology um, I think we're heading in the right direction to be a a competitor globally Mm -hmm. but you know we're just still in the beta phase I feel Mm -hmm. you know yes I haven't traveled out you know recently or anything like that but I do feel like we are on that great cusp of greatness because people are watching us I just hope that there's inclusivity when they're looking at us that you know representation matters and I think the world is watching us I just want to make sure that and I, people often give me when I say this, real Detroiters mm-hmm. are reflected oh, yeah. in that you yeah, know yeah, and sure. that we, we have a voice and that we're being seen mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, if anything is being recognized internationally, it's like the advocacy work, aside mm-hmm. from the like innovation and like the comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the I Detroit project, mm-hmm. but like this English guy, is, he came and he's doing like a human atlas of the city, and it's just all these black people and like 
recognizing 100 black people who are influential and just has been working and doing groundwork work. So I think um, from that aspect, if we are known from anything globally, it would be like advocacy work and the grassroots stuff that people have been doing. Not to mention, like, um, the art scene here is, 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 has Long been recognized by the United yes. Nations. Like, we're a destination. Yes. Like, we're official. We're a UNESCO yeah. city. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. like. And that stands for United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Ooh, I was about to talk yeah. about it because I just applied for uh, Detroit 139. Yeah, yeah. And that has, that has something to do with the UNESCO city. And we're the only one in the United States, yeah, by so, the way. Yeah, so, I mean. And then, like, um, like even I, I was a part of a makerspace, a, a black-owned digital fabrication lab, Insight Focus. They're um, a global network, and they're, like, the hosting city for the United States as well. So it's like the Wakanda reference was so spot on. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of things going on. We just don't know about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just going to take some time. That's all it is. It's just yeah. going to take some time. But, like, we, we out here. Yeah, you know? definitely. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Detroit 139 they're going to be doing an exhibition in September uh, fingers crossed I submitted a project but you know how the city be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so just thinking about that like globally we are being recognized in a lot of ways there are some areas though I feel like one of the areas we need to catch up in is the sustainability realm mm-hmm. I think that we're not Green doing city, a lot yeah. of stuff with mm-hmm. I mean it's happening though like there are spaces like one of my professors owns a space whole building is alternative energy mm-hmm. um, and they're looking at those type of things or even reuse how are we using our world like just thinking about like solar energy alternative energy um even sustainability with our design and how we even produce certain buildings like it's just a lot that we can be doing um in comparison to especially to places like europe who have i mean they have green buildings where like it's areas inside the building that have green spaces because they're helping to revitalize and to preserve certain energy you know what i'm saying like we have to start thinking like that too um and last question of the day Detroit in the next five to ten years, what y'all think it's gonna look like? <laughs> All right, quick. Okay. Um, quick. <laughs> so no, I, I see more growth. I see mm-hmm. more growth. I see the Hudson comp, uh, uh, project being completed. Mm-hmm. That's gonna bring a whole another bag to the city mm-hmm. um, in terms of like business and like um, like just the city thriving in, this, in itself. We're gonna be in a different light. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna do like twenty twenty is gonna do something different anyway yeah but i feel like in the next decade we, we're going to be a city that's going to be uh, known for uh, automotive innovations because uh, mm-hmm. at, that, at that point the automated vehicle is going to be out by then yeah. you know right. um, test ground is over around, i want to say southwest area yeah so like supposedly, so supposedly it's going to be interesting to see it's going to be interesting to see um the tech scene is going to be uh flourishing um we're going to have some powerful entrepreneurs making some incredible uh innovations with their like products and services mm-hmm. um it just like i said like we just at the beginning stages so yeah i can't really pinpoint exactly but it's going to be better than what it is if we continue to move how we move right now mm-hmm. okay yeah. Optimism. Yes, yes, I definitely see growth, um, but I also, I also see a lot of old school organizing coming back. We really need to get tackle our education. I feel like you know another thing that Amazon you know didn't want to come here is because they felt like we weren't educationally prepared and so we're going to have to you know make sure that not you know not one school but all schools have you know better education Um, we're going to have to work on our mobility so that the 80 percent of black detroit well 80 percent of detroiters you know are working and that they can get to work and that they can get to you know school or hospitals and things like that but i definitely see us growing i definitely see us you know getting better i don't know if the district will be finished by then (laughs) we'll see but um i definitely feel like we are on the right track yeah for sure yeah, I agree. I have um, a lot of optimism, and I think 
I think also like the motives may be uh, tainted, but I think all these white people gonna come and they gonna want their kids to go to school. So mm-hmm. I think the education is gonna change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like the motive is not right, you know. But I think that, that I think it's gonna be different. Mm-hmm. And actually working for um, an education justice group now, you know, like I think. I think of that too and um, I also see those conversations between like different ethnicities happening saying like what do we want to go together and collectively mm-hmm. for me I see the the rest of the city of Detroit awakening so there will be a point in time when everything that we're talking about at this table our grandmothers great grandmothers if they're still here um, older aunts and uncles will finally listen to us and they will finally see that what we're saying is not crazy it's not far-fetched like it can really happen Um, so I see every single thing that we have sat here and discussed today I see it all happening yeah for sure For me, next five to ten years, I'm definitely hoping to see some improvements educationally. I'm so with you. I think that 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 is something that's going to make or break the city. Um, And lastly, infrastructure development. Like, it has to happen. Um, Please. You can put all the shiny buildings you want, but if you can't use the water, eventually you're going to have to tear it down. Or the streets Um, are flooding and you can't get on the freeway. (laughs) So I think that there's going to have to be a lot of like infrastructure development that's going to have to take place. And people are going to have to be very intentional about um, how we're developing in the city. And so we're in my favorite part of the show. I keep telling y'all every episode, I do not mess with regular people, okay? And so I want everybody to take their time right now to go around the table, introduce yourself, let the people know what you're doing. If you got anything extra you wanted to add onto the conversation, feel free to do it. I'm first. Okay, well, again, <laughs> thank you, Kenya, for having me be on today. Uh, my name is Jackie. I am a I am the digital media director for Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, uh, representative of Michigan's 14th Congressional District, as well as a freelance makeup artist who will have an appointment with Miss Ken after Hello. this. Hello. <laughs> um, so, yeah, follow my Instagram, underscore Jackie with four E's, underscore O. Um, my makeup Instagram is at the Glam Corner. Uh, my name is Dana Wilson. I am a rising sophomore at the University of Michigan. Uh, my major is philosophy, politics, and economics with a minor in art and design. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and uh, I also write for the newspaper. Um, we have no, we have no publishers right now, but you can check it out. The Michigan Daily. I'm a columnist. Um, yeah, and I'm a Detroiter. I love Detroit. All right, y'all got the youth spotlight back. First episode. <laughs> um, I'm Deanne Austin, and I am a transit organizer. I'm also a community organizer as well, and I'm doing some cool stuff with Detroit Future City. I'm a land and water works ambassador. We're using GSI to help teach residents about preserving their land and their water and checking that drainage fee because they <laughs> are getting over on some of us, well, a lot of us. And so I'm really excited to be teaching, you know, my fellow Detroit residents about making sure we have sustainable communities. Um, again, I'm, I'm Mogo Bike Share. They're coming to Illinois. So if you're not into bike riding, you better learn. It's going to be the new <laughs> wave. We got e- e-bikes coming. Um, no, I'm not with Bird. We don't do the same thing. But, you know, it's good for, um, you know, young people to, to be mobile and get around. And also, I have an event this um, upcoming Tuesday. It's going to be at the Ford Resource Engagement Center July 16th from 530 to 730. I will be speaking on a panel of affordable transportation and car dependency. So you come on out. You can check me at check me out on Instagram at Detroit 
Transit SJ. The SJ stands for social justice, and that's why I have social justice ADHD. I've never <laughs> felt, you know, I always find a new project and want to be involved. And I just want to congratulate Ken on this season. This oh, season so was much. amazing. <laughs> and, you know, I've like I said, I feel like you're my best friend in my head. It's good to find, you know, mentors that are doing stuff in the community that you look up to. So I'm just excited. I can't wait for the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am Omar Dismuk II. I'm a brand architect, designer, content creator, digital marketer. Um, you can reach me at Dismukei on um, Instagram, D-I-S-M-U-K-E-I-I. Um, I'm co-owner of a, a conscious streetwear brand, The Aware Brand. Check us out at theawarebrand.com. Um, and you can check us out at theawarebrand on Instagram. Um, and I'm out here, you know. I'm, I, my, my goal is to connect people um, and to provide value to individuals, businesses, and help them grow um, and reach their true potential, help them find their purpose. Um, and, um, yeah, let's connect. Appreciate you, Kenya. It's been another episode of Politic, and you can catch this on Facebook. Um, also, follow me on Instagram. Uh, the Instagram is P-O-L-I-T-I-K-E-N. I see. Hold on, wait. Did I spell it right? P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-E-N. Why am I doing that? Like I don't say it all the time, right? Trying to get it quick. Um, but you can also follow us on Facebook, Politicking Out. And you can also follow my business page, which is Kinship on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. It's been real. Bye. Bye. Peace. Bye.